visor over here. Um, so I have my second one at the end of the month. Um, side effects weren't too bad at all. My arm was like quite sore yesterday uh, and I felt just a bit shit. I felt a bit hungover, actually, is probably the best way of putting it. Um, but that's not too bad at all, really. Uh, and then, of course, the Albion-centric good news is, one, we had uh, pretty much all of our players come back from the international break without being injured, which is big good news for us considering the injuries we already have. Um, Barring Tau, of course, having to be on quarantine for for 10 days after going to South Africa, Um, but he's not injured. He's just on a mandatory quarantine. So very, very happy with that. And then, of course, the women's team. Um, the women's team beat Manchester United today. They they set a good example for, for the men's team. Um, they they actually you know beat United one 0 uh, with a pen from from Inessa Kagman. Uh, was a, was a good pen too. Top corner, no messing about. Um, so yeah, good news. Uh, good news all around on the Albion front prior to the game. Uh, the game itself was was not so much good news. <laughs> um, it's it's exhausting. I feel like doing these two podcast episodes on Manchester United this year. Um, I feel like we've came away from both feeling proper robbed to some extent. Uh, last time was even more mental for obvious reasons. Um, this time, although I definitely admit we didn't play great in that second half, um, you know, it was an individual mistake really that, that cost us, or not even so much an individual mistake, just everybody going to sleep at the back. Um, just for a split second against a team like that is always going to end one way. Um, but, you know, it's still, it's still hard to, hard to take when you see a couple of things go on in that second half and you think if it was at the other end of the pitch, there would have been a different decision made. Um, and I think that's one of those things that if you felt like it was going to be consistent, I'd feel a lot less bothered, but I feel like that's, that's never the case against, against the big sides. Um, so those of you that have listened to the podcast before, because I am streaming this live on Twitch as well, uh, if you're listening to it the day after when I've released it as audio on Spotify and, and everywhere else, um, this is also being recorded live on Twitch, and that's what I'll be doing going forward for all my episodes, um, just so if I want to upload them to YouTube or anything, I can do. Um, and just for anybody who has you know questions, thoughts, feelings, concerns in the chat on Twitch live, uh, we can talk about them as well. So let's start from the very beginning of the game, right? We we got in uh, and, and we had a couple of good results today. Probably a bad omen uh, because we had Southampton uh, come from behind to beat Burnley. Uh, we had Newcastle come from behind to take a point from Spurs. And we had Villa come from behind to, to take a win against Fulham. Um, when we went 1-0 up, we probably should have known that that was a, a possible omen of things to come uh, on Sunday, April the 4th. But it is what it is. Um but most importantly, the results. Uh, Newcastle played very well, and they only got away with a point. Um, Spurs were not great in that game. Uh, Newcastle were pretty good. So to have them not take the three points was probably a good thing for us, right? As opposed to one. Um, and then, of course, the big one uh, with Villa and Fulham, who are still, you know, what, six points behind us, uh, five points behind us. I think it's six. They're on 26 or on 32, five points, basically six on goal difference. Um, you know, they went 1-0 up uh, away at Villa and, and Villa looked quite toothless, honestly, for a while. Um, but they ended up coming back and, and putting three past them kind of out of nowhere. So prior to coming into the game today, uh, I feel there was not a huge amount of pressure on us. 
Um, Albion are traditionally slow starters out of the block after an international break. Um, I, I say that a lot, and I, I'm going to take an episode at some point to actually go back and see if my actual theory is true, because I feel like we're always quite slow off the mark after an international break and have been for a while. Um, and we're at Old Trafford, where we'd never won in our history. Um, and we were, of course, you know, playing a Manchester United team that had had Bruno rested, Rashford rested, um, a couple of their best players, you know, were had, had had two weeks off that they desperately needed um, and we didn't. So it was one of those games that almost felt a bit like a free hit after the good results that we had coming through. Um, and and the lineup itself, you know, gave me no reason to, to be alarmed either. I thought it was a good starting lineup. Uh, you know, we didn't change um, what we had going on. Uh, that kind of three, four, one, two, WM type formation we had going on. Uh, that was something that we we persisted with against United, uh, and and especially in that first half was just sublime to watch. A lot of it, um, we didn't make any changes. Uh, everybody was you know playing through the same way that they could. Uh, no messing around in that kind of chopping and changing. And and after a team had put three past Newcastle. Why would you? Um, I feel like it would be crazy to to drop anybody uh, from that, especially if no one was injured, which they weren't. So, uh, Welbeck, Mopai up top, Trossard behind him, uh, Yakamoda on the left, kind of, because he was on the right a bunch of times as well. Um, Basuma and Lalana in that middle of the field, uh, and, and then that back three with, with Veltman uh, being on that left-hand side of the centre-backs. Generally, uh, you know, that first half or rather that first 10 minutes really um, was very touch and go. Um, you know, Manchester United were came out a lot quicker than we did. Um, they had two shots uh, that, that actually looked half decent. One of them bounced off the woodwork with Mason Greenwood, um, which ended up pretty much being the only chance they had all half unbeknownst to us at the time. <laughs> um, but they came through and they looked, they looked lively. Uh, they, they had a lot of the ball. Um, not that, that changed really in that, in that first half, we allowed them to, to have the majority of the ball pretty much all game uh, in that first half. By the end of the first half, they had had 62% possession um, with an 84%, 85% pass accuracy rate. So they were comfortable stroking the ball around, but going forward uh, into our final third was where they really just fell apart and we were comfortable tackling them and, and taking the ball off of them. Uh, in terms of that first half, uh, Pascal Gross, Lalana, Welbeck, Trossard all led the way into successful tackles. Um, so that probably tells you as to where we started to press as soon as they came into that, that, you know, that, that middle third, we, we turned up a gear and, and put them under pressure. Um, and then of course, you know, what, 13 minutes in, um, the Paul Pogba of all people, uh, gives the ball away in a dangerous area. Um, and, and Trossard nips in front of Fred, uh, pops the ball out wide. Pascal Gross with a superb pass to Mopai, uh, who is out wide again, uh, which is something that we've seen against Newcastle as well. Um, you know, both both Mopai and Welbeck are not shy um, about bouncing very far out wide, which is fine by me. Um, and, and of course, he whips in just a superb cross. Um, I, I honestly was shocked it was him. I didn't expect uh, a ball of that that caliber to be whipped into the middle by by Neil Mopai of all players. Um, but it came through perfectly right in the middle of the goal. And Bosch, Danny Welbeck was there. Good header, good save and good follow up. Um, and we were one nil up with about 13 minutes gone. Um, and from then on, 
you know, I thought that after that, United fell apart, really. They they were not anywhere near as comfortable after that. Uh, they had one shot after that that went miles over. Um, we had three shots, one on target, couple blocked. We looked more confident just about everywhere, five corners to their one. We were dispossessing them all over the park. Uh, Trossard especially was was doing a good job there. He had more dispossessions than anybody else in the game. Um, and, and, you know, we went into halftime uh, – other than other than the Pascal Gross booking, which seemed like a, a a bit of a lax booking considering the stuff that we'd seen prior, um, I feel like there was two or three players that could have been booked before he was. But it is what it is, um, you know. But prior to that, we were we were all over them, um, and I think that everybody, uh, including myself, was very happy with what we'd seen. I think we were just a little bit worried. Uh, that we may come to regret not getting a second and come to regret we did. <laughs> um, that second half uh, was very much a different different kind of kettle of fish. Uh, they were a lot better at that point. They had 12 shots in the second half. Uh, they didn't have one on target in uh, in the first. They had 12 shots, seven on target in the second half. Um, they, they sacrificed possession for it. Uh, they actually only pretty much ended with 50-50 possession in that entire second half. Um, but they allowed us to stroke that ball around at the back and they pressed us really well. They kind of turned us on our head and played a similar game to us. Um, and, and with the caliber of players, they caused us a lot of problems. Um, unfortunately, uh, the problem was that we we made one kind of lax, lax error uh, at the back, just one kind of misplaced pass, which I think was from Veltman, um, allowed them in somewhat. Uh, Bruno Fernandez got the ball at kind of the top of the D there and and slipped it through to Rashford. There was a big tackle come in as well. I, I'm surprised that it could have been worse. Honestly, if 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 Rashford hadn't scored, I was worried someone might have been given a red because uh, it looked like a brutal challenge on Bruno. Uh, and and Rashford stroked it away. And that first, that second half, you know, it felt like the goal was coming. Um, the bizarre moment there was that Manchester United scored they they equalized and they've been much better than us in that second half um and and Cavani got himself booked for mouthing off um so that was quite incredible uh the first substitution was made Alexis McAllister came on for Trossard wasn't a bad move at the time um but did not go as well as they hoped I don't think um he didn't really have much effect on the game after that uh, so it did not really go well um, after that, the substitutions came for United uh, and, and Daniel James was a good one. Uh, Donny van der Beek has to be one of the biggest wastes of money in the Premier League. Uh, he came on for Cavani uh, and did jack shit. Um, and then the goal came in 83 minutes, uh, which was all about nothing, really. It was a scuff shot from Pogba uh, that bounced very kindly to Greenwood for him to stroke home. Uh, I, I do wonder what Ben White was doing at that moment. I felt he could have done better with it. Um, I'm not sure why he retreated to his line. Uh, the line when when Sanchez was behind him, I would have preferred him to press it. But, it you know, he's, he's young still and hopefully he'll continue to learn. Um, the substitutions right after that were... Again, much of a muchness. Johan Baksh coming on, you know, I, I, it feels like a waste of a substitution. I'm not, I'm not sure what it is that, that we're expecting from him at this point. Uh, we have Davy Proper that can play further forward. We have Izquierdo who's been sat on the bench for weeks now. Uh, we have Alzate who's very tidy with the ball at his feet, um, and we're not bringing those people on. We're bringing on Johan Baksh. I, I don't understand it. 
Um, and Zakirion for Lalana was a fine substitution. Um, you know, at the end of the day, he's a goal scorer and played pretty well at left wing back when he did. Uh, so he came on and was pretty much asked to play that role. The the two big key moments of the game for the Albion in terms of feeling, um, what would you call it? Feeling aggrieved, feeling not happy with the way it went um, were, of course, the two VAR calls or one of them that wasn't even touched by VAR. The first one uh, was a Welbeck challenge. Um, as soon as I saw it, I thought it was a penalty. Uh, as soon as the commentary saw it, they thought it was a penalty. Um, and upon review, even though Mike Dean didn't give it, uh, upon review, it wasn't given either. Um, seems to have really divided people. Uh, the commentators generally always side with whatever the ref picks. Um, it's, it has to be very, very, like, very obnoxious and in your face for the for the commentators not to agree uh, with, with the referee decision. Um, and it wasn't super obnoxious so i think that they kind of kept their mouths shut and towed the party line um but a lot of people online a lot of sports reporters with their little blue check marks on twitter uh all thought that they got away with murder uh with the challenge on welbeck and upon seeing it on a replay although i do admit it would have been i'm 50 50 on it part of me thinks it would have been soft to give it because i do feel like he was like easily pulled back i'm not sure like what am I watching here? Like, how was he so easily pulled back? Because he's a big lad. But at the same time, he was pulled back. And if he was pulled back, it's a foul. Because he would have got the ball, he would have had contact with the ball and, and maybe scored, maybe not. But to me, it's 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 a foul that should be given. It's a penalty that should be given. And it's not like Brighton are exactly guaranteed to score a pen, is it? <laughs> like we like it's not like we're prolific penalty goal scorers, you know what I mean? So it's it's hardly like we're saying that we're giving up a goal that should have been, you know, we should have scored that. Like, well, Welbeck probably would have scored it if he wasn't held back. And and then if we'd have been given a pen, who bloody knows? So, you know, I think it was a penalty. I'm not surprised it wasn't given. If I think that if it was at the other end and any of our players did that to Bruno or Rashford or Greenwood, uh, I think it's a nailed on penalty. I think that Mike Dean blows the whistle and gives it. I also think VAR agree with him. Uh, I, I wouldn't even be surprised at all if Mike Dean didn't give it and VAR overturned him um, because the statistics don't lie in that Manchester United get an awful lot of bends. Um, you know, just looking back to that one that I can think of most recently, the the Bednarek and, and Martial situation was just utterly mental. And and you can't say that if the roles were reversed, that would have ended up the same way because it wouldn't have. Um, and then late on was a chance that nobody's talking about, it feels like, on social media. But the, the corner or the free kick, I can't remember which it was, um, where Dunk was just bear-hugged down to the ground by Harry Maguire. Um I can't believe that nobody even checked it and they didn't from what I can tell, they didn't even look at it. It was just nothing. Um, and to me watching it back, it was just as much as a foul as the first one, if not more, it was shocking. Uh, it reminded me of the one Shane Duffy had done to him, you know, a year or two ago when he was just utterly obliterated by a center half and taken out. Um, I don't get it. I don't understand how that wasn't even looked at. That was very strange to me. Um, and 
Maguire, you know, I don't watch a huge amount of Manchester United, but every time I do, and including England as well in this, it feels like Harry Maguire has very much become the centre-half version of Harry Kane. Maybe it's just Harry's. Um, But he is just as bad as Harry Kane for committing what I consider to be dead obvious fouls and getting away with them scot-free. I've seen him do that kind of manhandling in the box that he did with Dunk today that's a clear and obvious foul with several players over the course of the year and none of them ever get given. Um, and, and of course, we go back to Harry Kane with the, with the way he backs in, which is not a, not just a foul, but outright dangerous. Um, although I'll let him off because he scored a couple that we needed him to score today. Um, but, you know, it seems like these players are getting, you know, decisions go their way that maybe they wouldn't if they played for a different team. Um, and I think that's why, you know, that's why Brighton fans feel so aggrieved. I think that we've watched two games now, you know, we've watched a hundred and what, probably 200 minutes with the amount of added time that was thrown on at different points in time. We've watched 200 minutes of football this year uh, where Brighton played Manchester United. And for those 200 minutes, you know, 155, 160 of them, the Albion were the better team. And we've came away with no points and four to six VAR referee indecisions that have all gone against us and all been questionable at best. So, of course, Albion fans are not going to be best pleased. It surprises me the amount of people that think that we should be okay with it. Um, onto the players themselves. Uh, I thought that, you know, if anybody has anything in the chat that they want to comment, let me know. I'll put it in here. We can talk about it. Uh, definitely. Um, especially now we're getting onto the players and how they did as well. Um, but anything else that you want to talk about, if you think it was a pen, if you don't think it was a pen, anything, uh, let me know. As long as you have reasons, because otherwise there's no point just going, yeah or no. Um, Sanchez. Sanchez, I thought was okay today. Uh, he claimed the ball very well, uh, which Henderson was not very good at today. He was shocking at claiming the ball in in, in good areas. Um, they're about the same age as well. I know which keeper I would rather have. Um, but Sanchez, you know, I thought he was at fault for for that the the second goal that was scuffed. Um, I think he was not great. That's not true. I think him and Ben White put together were at fault for making a plethora of bad decisions. I don't know why they both retreated to the line. I don't know why that happened. It was just not a great decision from either of them. Um, but other than that, you know, and the and the one save that he kind of just spilled out, but it did bounce right in front of him. Um, and, and Old Trafford looked very slick today, in my opinion. Um, it, it seemed to fizz around and bounce just... It just seemed like it had been poured on. Um, so Sanchez was fine. Uh, he could have been better. I think that him and White could have done more together to get something out of that game, uh, but they didn't. Uh, Joel Veltman, uh, for 95% of the game, didn't put a foot wrong. Uh, he didn't do anything special like he did against Newcastle, but he didn't do anything wrong at all, uh, barring that one wayward pass, which led to their first goal, <laughs> um, which is quite a bad obviously thing to roll up against. Um, but generally, you know, he was, he was pretty solid there. Uh, he was very comfortable. Um, he had a tackle, two interceptions, four clearances, um, which was, you know, third most in the team. Uh, he was, he was pretty comfortable doing a job at left center half 
um, and, and continues to just be an absolutely outrageous signing. Um, he was fouled more than anybody else as well today. He had five fouls against him. Uh, that was the same as Mopai and Trussard put together. Um, he played a he played an intelligent game today, and again, it's a shame that 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 pass let him down. Um, because other than that, he he kind of did exactly what you would expect any kind of cultured European centre half to do, and and that's exactly what you want to see alongside players like Ben White. Ben White today uh, again generally not a great deal of bad things to say to him. He made a couple of superb tackles when they were on the break. Uh, he had two tackles, two interceptions, two clearances. Uh, he did get a booking, um, but overall it wasn't the worst booking in the world to get. Um, he was dangerous. He he looked good. He looked comfortable. Um, I don't have a great deal of bad things to say about him either. Um, other than that goal, you know, I think that him and Sanchez could have done more. Um, it was just a strange the way the, the way the play unfolded was strange. Um, and I think that they could have done more. Um, uh, in terms of um, the rest of the back line, which is really just Lewis Dunk, Gross and, and Moda, um, you know, it was fine. Uh, Dunkey did well today. I thought he had a good game. Um, you know, he was in and about all over the place. Uh, two interceptions, six clearances, which is more than anybody else. Um, a block shot which he uh, he joined Alexis McAllister on that little train of, of blocking some shots as well. Um, and, and generally, you know, he he was very, he looked pretty dangerous at set pieces today. today. He had one shot, one on target, uh, which I'm pretty sure was that header uh, that kind of got tipped over the bar by Henderson. Um, and, 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 you know, he was very good, economical on the ball, 84% pass accuracy today. Uh, only Trussard and Basuma had more. Um, so, you know, I, I don't have a great deal of bad things to say about him. Um, Pascal Gross, once again, uh, with the amount of pace that you see Manchester United possess, um, it's shocking to me that he did a pretty good job on that right-hand side today uh, of corralling them somewhat. Uh, he had four total tackles, which is joint first. Uh, he had two interceptions, uh, which is well up there. Two clearances as well. Um, and going forward, you know, he played, he got the hockey assist, as they say, he got that, he got that pass uh, to, to Mopai that ended up being the goal. Uh, he had a wonky pass, um, which was joint most as well, um, and, and generally did pretty well. You know, you would expect a player of his pace to be massively caught out today against that, that, that rapid front group of United barring Cavani, um, and, and he wasn't. He looked he looked pretty comfortable back there, so you know that's something I I will uh, I'll be happy to see all the time. On the left hand side, Jakob Moda did not do much defensively. Uh, one tackle, one assist, one uh, one interception, um, and and didn't really offer a great deal um, in terms of defensive kind of possession or or just anything. He just I think it was mainly because they were so focused on going down that left-hand side with Rashford uh, and Pogba and Bruno further over there. Uh, they definitely kind of targeted that area. Um, and, and you know, for the most part, they didn't get a great deal of success. But, you know, it was strange that, that they kept going after it when when Moda didn't really have a great deal to do. Um, going forward, he also didn't get a great deal to do either because uh, it seemed very much like the the Neil Mopai show today in terms of holding up the ball and laying it off. Um, Moda didn't have a huge amount to do. Um, and, 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 you know, he kind of filtered out that last piece of the defence just fine. Um, central midfield, Adam Lallana, uh, I think, 
did did well. Four tackles, one interception. You know, he he certainly wasn't shy uh, about you know making himself known. Um, he made a superb run in that second half that that I really wish whoever it was would have played him through because he could well have bagged. Um, and and you know he played some just great passes. There was one no look pass that was just so close to getting through. And if it, again, if it had, you know, we could have won by three goals to two today with the amount of, uh, with two, two kind of Lalana incidences uh, that didn't quite pay off. Um, Bissouma, I think a lot's been said about Bissouma in the last couple of weeks that, that he's maybe not what he was, that he's got one eye on the door. Um, but I thought he was just brilliant today. Uh, three tackles, six interceptions, five clearances, um, he was just a defensive juggernaut. He had Bruno in his back pocket from the first minute to the last. Um, uh, he's my man of the match today. Genuinely, um, I thought he was just a total package for almost the entire length of the game. Um, I think he was asked to do the job and he did it just brilliantly. Um, I think he... I mean, he was basically tasked with keeping Bruno Fernandes quiet. And and for the most part, he did. Um, you know, Bruno had a couple of shots, but none of them were super wild. Um, he did get that assist, uh, you know, and had almost lost a leg due to it. <laughs> um, and again, it was due to a misplaced pass. So they were out of position and, and, and it was that one moment that they needed. For the most part, I think Bazuma was excellent today. I really do. I think he had a great game. Um and then that front line, uh, you know, the substitutes quickly, uh, Zakiri, Yahambaksh and McAllister, I, I don't have a great deal to say. They were on for, you know, 10 minutes, barely even that for a couple of them. Um, and uh, and McAllister was on for half hour and, and I felt like he really didn't do anything. Um, it, it felt like he, you know, he had 15 touches of the ball and I I could barely tell you which, which of those did anything you know he, he didn't stand out so you know it didn't end up being the best substitution in the world um but the front line uh for the most part i think did pretty well trossard uh, as i said i think he did a good shift today defensively uh two tackles one interception um and and had one of the most like the highest dispossession rates in the team pressed very highly felt very comfortable pressing from the looks of it um you know, no complaints from me. I thought I thought Trossard did pretty well today, and um, and and on another day, you know, he may well have had something a bit more to to show for it coming out from it today. It was interesting to see him go off after half hour. He's one of those players that you've seen pretty much play ninety minutes whenever he starts. Um, so I was surprised to see him go off so early. Uh, but that move was planned before the goal even went in, and they kept it. Oh, excuse me, it's not even late here. Um, and, and the, the subs went, went on anyway. So I, I think maybe Trussard may just be knackered from the international break. Um, so meh, Mopai and Welbeck, uh, I thought did a great job. You know, it, it's tough cause we lost two one, but I, I don't see a lot on this team that concerned me today. Um, it feels like I should be talking about a win or a draw with the, with the fact that I'm saying I'm, I'm pretty much fine or, or happy even with the way people played. Um, but it is, you know, it, it, it's just like the last United game. There wasn't 
huge amounts wrong with the way we played. Even when we sat back and allowed them to attack us, you know, they, they didn't look like breaking us down. They didn't look like scoring a goal until we gifted them one with, with a bit of poor passing. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think well Beckham and Mopai did well together. I think that Mopai is massively underappreciated at this point with the amount of link-up play he's putting in. Uh, Welbeck had two shots, two on target, one key pass, should have won a penalty. Uh, you know, if not, he's scored a goal. Um, three tackles, one interception, one clearance, did his job from the front all the way. Uh, I think he led the way in total tackles in that first half. Um, he was leading from the front. Mopai, similarly, uh, only Veltman was fouled more than Mopai. He won a lot of fouls to break up the play. Uh, three successful dribbles, which was more than anybody else in the team. Uh, one key pass, which really should have been an assist. I feel bad that he didn't get one for it. Uh, I'm going to give him it, though. He he basically got an assist today. Um, two tackles, one interception. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he didn't really even niggle a great deal. I don't think he even came away. I think he came with one foul. Um, but he had plenty of touches of the ball um, and and looked very good. I think that he's doing a good job. Um, I think the issue is is that we had such a good first half that we were never going to be able to match it in the second. Um, and and in the second half, you know, United came out and played well. And I think that if we hadn't played that stupid wayward pass to allow them that first goal. And if we'd have held out for a couple of minutes longer, I think you start seeing the morale dip because they've been able to break us down for 20 minutes and you start seeing a slight return to how the first half went. Uh, TFM Mikey in the chat just said it's a tricky one. Uh, I don't think it's down to the players this time. Yes, individuals could have been better at times, but I think Potter should have found a way to change the game when United turned on. You know, like I just said, I like for the most part, I agree. Um, I think Potter's plan was to wear them down mentally for that 20 minutes after the first half and into the second. Um, and and I think we were so close to achieving it. Um, unfortunately, you know, there was one, one wayward pass from Veltman that resulted in a goal. Um, and I think that it's become a bit of a, uh, I think it's become a bit of a common pattern that we see is that we, we've, we feel like we need to see Potter react uh, to them turning on, like like Mikey just said, um, but we don't. I don't. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's one of three things. I don't know if Potter sees what's happening and doesn't want to change it because he has faith in the eleven he has out there and he thinks that's the right thing to do because it's only early on. Two. He doesn't believe he has the personnel necessary to change it, so he just has to stick, stick, like keep the faith in what he's got there, uh, and and you know he hasn't, he doesn't believe he has the player that he needs at his disposal to do whatever it is that he thinks he could do to break it up, or he's not seeing those changes as quickly as other people are, and it's costing us. Option number three is obviously the worst option because that's the one that that's the scariest, right? And to me, like, I would be surprised if it was option three, just because you do see, you do see him operate well for the most part. So I would be surprised if it was, um, but I can't entirely rule it out. And I think that post this transfer window, if we stay up and we continue to make a squad that's his, I think you'll start to see it. 
Uh, and I think if he continues to build a squad that's, you know, his Premier League team, um, and then not he's not being proactive in those changes, then you've got to think that it's either one or three, that he has faith in the players out there, <coughs> rightly or wrongly, or um, he he's just not seeing it quickly enough or is too reticent to change it uh, for whatever reason. Maybe he's just being too cautious. But it's, it's one of those things that is frustrating to see because, like I said, I, I don't have a lot of complaints today. Um, the games don't get any easier coming up. You know, we've, we've got a brutal run in. Uh, our next two are Everton at home and Chelsea away. Um, you know, whenever we're not playing a big, big six team, um, I do have a bit more, like, faith in the result. Um, you know, whenever we're playing a Manchester United or a Liverpool um, or a Chelsea, you know, you tend to see, like, results based on reputation almost with the way the referees can sometimes make these decisions against us. Um, and it's not just us, it's, it's other teams, right? Like, you see that it happen every week. Like I said the other day earlier, just, you know, Southampton against Manchester United was a prime example too. Um, but, you know, Everton at home, we won that game last year uh, with that last minute on goal from, from Luka Dina, thanks to Trossard. Um, and, you know, they're, they're not a team that are, you know, in great form. They've won that. They've lost their last three on the bounce. They're very hit and miss uh, since what, since Valentine's Day, they've they've played eight and won three, lost five. Um, they're very hit and miss. Uh, a couple of those losses have not come to great teams either. They lost two 0 against Fulham. Uh, they lost two one against Burnley. You know, this a this is a team that is not in the same kind of form as they were uh, at the beginning of the season when they went on a what nine game winning streak or something insane. Uh, you know, this is a team that that we can definitely go to and and or not even go to because we're at home um, and, and get something against them. Away from home, uh, you know, they're they're not too different to to the way they play at home. Uh, you know, they're they're fourth in the league away from home and they are fifteenth in the league at home. So actually, they're very good away from home. Shit, um, but hopefully, hopefully, we can pull it out. Um, you know. This is a team that is much more there for the taking than they were a couple of months ago, like I said. So we shall see. The teams around us, uh, as we said, drop points as well. Um, you know, they've, they've got a lot of work to do. Fulham, their record definitely does not get any easier. Uh, they have Wolves next up, then Arsenal, then Chelsea. Um, you know, those three games... Wolves, Arsenal, Chelsea are not going to be games that I would go into expecting Fulham to sweep points. Newcastle are even worse. Um, you know, the next game for them is probably their make or break because um, it's Burnley away. Uh, Burnley play Newcastle. Uh, and then after that, they have West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester, Manchester City. Um, <laughs> that's just, if you're a Newcastle fan um, and you're, what three points behind the Albion now? Um, after their draw today, yeah, you're three points behind us and miles behind us on goal difference. So basically four. Um, you know, you've you've got to be looking at that fixture list and thinking, where are we going to make five points up on Brighton? Um, and I think that's one of those reasons to be cheerful. So that is about it from me. 
my week is mental this week, but I will try and find some time to stream some FIFA or stuff like that. So uh, if you would like to pop on to my Twitch, uh, for those people already on it, you know you know what it is. Uh, for those that don't, twitch.tv forward slash togetherbha. Uh, we can chat across the week. Um, other than that, that's about it for me. Uh, I will be chopping this up and putting it on the podcast in what this time to no way earlier than that i was gonna say this time tomorrow but that's not true uh that will be coming on to the podcast tomorrow so anybody listening to this on monday hopefully you've cooled off a little bit from that shit show from mike dean um and i will speak to you all next week uh we play on a monday next week everton play two mondays back to back what's that all about um but yeah we're, we're monday night football next week um and i actually had the day off as well uh, i only i took it off um and unintentionally got away with it so uh, i will be recording that one uh which is good because it's late as hell as well um so yeah i will see you all next week for some uh post everton review hopefully a bit better than this one uh, and yeah be safe <laughs>